WBCRFM, Loudonville, Albany. Proudly owned and operated by Siena College, a Franciscan institution. 88.3 Welcome to the Saints and Alumni Show right here on WVCR 88.3 The Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy from the class of 2017 from the Office of Alumni Engagement. And this week I'm joined by Julie Klein, class of 2016, International Sales and Marketing Manager at Aquatic Development Group. We'll talk about her Siena experience and her professional life after Siena. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the Saints and Alumni Show. found us 88.3 the saint welcome back to the saints and alumni show right here on wvcr i'm your host this week brandon murphy class of 2017 from the office of alumni engagement and this week i am joined by julie klein class of 2016 international sales and marketing manager at adg and epic surf located right here in the capital region today we'll talk about her sienna experience and how that sienna experience prepared her for the work that she is doing now a reminder to everyone listening today on the Saints and Alumni Show, uh, a bi-weekly podcast highlighting members of our Siena community, that there are a few ways to listen uh, on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and subscribe to the Siena Alumni YouTube channel to watch the complete selection of shows. Julie, it's great to have you back on campus. We're here in the library where you and I spent so much so time. Much time. <laughs> um, how's it feel to be back on campus? And, and, and welcome. How are you doing today? I'm great. Yeah, it feels so good to be back. It's really nostalgic to kind of drive through campus and see all the places that I used to hang out and spend a lot of time. So I'm really happy to be back. We were walking around campus before we came into the library and we talked about Oh, that used to be Bernie's, the pizza shop, or that used to be the bookstore, and now it's Casey's, and now it's all these different things happening in just 10 years. And it's, it's really tradition to start the show with the listeners, um, to kind of hear how the story began at Siena, and then to kind of paint this picture um, about Siena when they were here on campus. So the first question that I have for you today is, kind of how did you hear about Siena? How did that story begin, and were there any influential mascots or people that kind of helped uh, make that decision for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I knew of Siena for a long time. I obviously grew up in the capital region, so knew of Siena, Siena basketball. Um, and so my mom actually was an alumni here as well. So seeing my mom go to Siena and have a great time, and um, I knew it was a good education, I knew it was local, and I really wanted that small um, community feel that Siena brought as a private school and small campus. Um, so I knew of the campus, I was excited to um, come here and live on campus, and um, I actually, got my acceptance letter, letter delivered by Bernie the mascot and um, he knocked on my front door with a cake and an acceptance letter and that was the first time they had done that with an alumni's child at Siena <laughs> so that was quite the experience. I know you probably don't want us to say it on the show but it is still on YouTube so if our <laughs> listeners are watching this on YouTube today and, and you google that uh, there is still that video up there that, uh, for that moment in your life. And I want to continue to paint this picture. Uh, you talked about your legacy story. We would love to have you back here uh, to be featured in that social media series as well. But I kind of want to talk about that first semester, first year at Siena. Um, back in 2011 or so, kind of what was it like to pick a roommate? What did you come in as? Kind of what was the campus like, move-in day, things like that? Yeah, um, I did an accepted students overnight day um, before I came to Siena, and that really helped paint the picture for me 
and help make the decision because I saw what a group of down-to-earth, nice and welcoming people there were here. Um, move-in day was great. There was a ton of people really excited to move us on campus early um, before the semester started. And you know, it was funny, picking a roommate, I came in, even being local from Niskayuna, um, I knew there was people coming from my graduating class to Siena, but I really wanted to just open myself up to new people, and so I chose a roommate random. Um, and I met my freshman roommate and lived with her all four years, so it was a very good success story. Um, the nice part, too, is you know, the really the building of community with your hallmates, right? It was not just my direct roommate, but you know, the neighbor that I was next to me in my hall was still one of my best friends today. Um, so it's really nice to see how the friendships you build here really do last a lifetime. And when you're talking about building that community, what's really great at Siena is, you know, you start out freshman year in a double in a residential building, and then you have these opportunities to move up mm -hmm. and live in townhouses. Uh, when you look at your friendships that you had and your housemates, did you, I know you lived with your roommate all four years, did you stay in a townhouse? Did you move off campus and live with her? Kind of what was it like to progress through the community living at Siena? Yeah, I, um, I was in Ryan Hall for the first two years um, and Hennepin. So then after Hennepin, um, I wanted to live in a townhouse. And so all of our little friend group, we kind of just came together and we lived in McCluskey. That's the favorite I lived in. I got really lucky. I lived in McCluskey two years. Uh, actually, it was your year that was really, really small, 2016. Yeah, yep. um, so I lived in 18 my junior year, and then I lived in 12 my senior year. And the first year that I lived in was an eight-man house, and then I got renovated to those new six-man townhouses. Yep. And then in 12, it was still an eight-man, and the next year I got renovated into the six-man oh, townhouses. Not very so I missed it <laughs> one year each time. Yeah. But I, I remember you know, hanging out on the weekends and the quad, playing games, listening to music, yeah. just building that community atmosphere. And that's really big at Siena. You know, you look at the inside the classroom experiences and you look at those outside of the classroom experiences. And I kind of want to pivot into these in the classroom experiences now as well. Um, and, and when you look at your time inside the classroom, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the major that you chose? Um, did you switch majors in that time period? And kind of how, how did that education help prepare you for what you're doing nowadays? Yeah, um, when I came in, I came in as a creative arts major. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something creative, um, but I wasn't quite sure how to take that and make a career out of it, right? Um, so I remember coming in as a creative arts major and I, the classes just didn't really feel like they clicked with me. Um, and so I remember talking to my mom and talking to advisors and um, they pivoted me into marketing. And so combining that creative side with business mm -hmm. really made a lot of sense for me and I felt that it would make me a more suitable candidate to finding a position locally. Um, and so my... Um, I want to say it was my sophomore year, I pivoted and I became a marketing major and then finished through college with marketing. And you, when you dive into the School of Business, it is such an incredible program at Siena. Uh, the faculty are also amazing. The average class size is anywhere between 18 and 20 mm -hmm. per students per professor, which is incredible to have at Siena. And you really build a relationship with those academic advisors, with yeah. the professors that you have in class. And you specifically had a great relationship with Natasha Adams and, and uh, Michael Pepe. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how those relationships began and how they influenced you within your marketing field at, your, at Siena? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Michael Pepe I had, um, I believe it was my sophomore or junior year, and it was really helpful to um, fall in love with marketing. He had such an upbeat personality. He was really positive. 
um, and he wanted his students to succeed. So building that relationship where I knew I could go to him with questions and really he would help me find a creative way to find the answer, I, I really enjoyed it and it helped me fall in love with marketing. Um, Natasha Adams was my senior year. I had her for my Bud V Capstone and um, she was just a rock star, um, honestly, just a rock star. It was her first year teaching Bud V at Siena. And um, so I think she felt an affinity for her students and really was wanted to make sure that we were successful. And um, But I just thought the class overall was um, done so well to prepare you for the real business world. I mean, not only just focusing on marketing, but how marketing affects all facets of business, right? So working with accounting and working with business management, I mean, that's what we do in marketing every day. Um, Natasha not only was my professor, but I mean, we have gotten coffee yeah. after graduation and she's been really helpful in helping find a career path after college. And those are some of the great inside the classroom experiences that also pivot to those outside the classroom experiences, keeping that relationship, helping to build professionally and, and to keep those connections at Siena. And, and now to really dive into those outside the classroom experiences, I kind of want to highlight um, your time in the writing partnership and your time with Pathfinders um, in the five minutes that we have left in today's first segment. Um, the writing partnership uh, dates back into the early 2010s. I was involved in the writing partnership. It's now the San Damiano Refugee Partnership, where at Siena, uh, every week we go down to a local high school in Albany and, and help refugee students uh, academically, socially, professionally, um, try to better their lives. Mm -hmm. When you were looking at clubs to join uh, at Siena, what, what stood out to you about that club specifically? And when you look back on your time there, what do you take away from, from being in that club? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, when I was evaluating things that I wanted to be more involved in, I had done intramural, intramural or club sports while here, um, which were really fun. And, you know, I built some good friendships out of that. But I wanted to kind of give back to the community and do some sort of volunteer program. Um, and so I found the writing partnership. I didn't really know much about it. Um, and so me and one of my good friends, we started going every week and going into Arbor Hill Elementary, playing with the kids, working with the kids. Um, and it was really rewarding. I've always liked um, giving back or being a part of the community. And it felt really nice to see how excited the kids yeah. were every time that the Siena bus pulled up and came in to play with them. So it was really nice and rewarding. And we talk about Pathfinders. Pathfinders is affiliated with admissions, um, but it's got a unique name to it. For our listeners who attended Siena you know, before 2005, they may not know exactly what Pathfinders is. Can you first kind of tell our listeners what its role is within admissions and then what your role was within Pathfinders? Sure, yeah, I think Pathfinder is a great way to describe what it is, right? It's helping new students find their path, right? And making sure that they understand all the different facets of what Siena brings to the table and helping with recruitment for the college. Um, and so I started out coming into Siena and I really, I fell in love with it, right? It was something that I felt like it was such a welcoming experience for me that I wanted to then bring that back to new students. Um, so my sophomore year, I joined as a Pathfinder coordinator, me and one other um, peer, and it was really rewarding to work with groups. I mean, I, you guys were actually part of my group, and I remember you and Andy um, were actually some of my Pathfinders. So it was really neat to work with um, new students to make sure that they could help host events and um, open houses and making sure that the new prospects got the right tools that they needed to make their decision. Well, it's a really cool growing uh, experience as well, right? You come in. 
as a freshman, sophomore, and, and you're a pathfinder, and you have this, you know, upperclassman leadership, and then you become that leadership role to not just help prospective families, but to help the current Siena students grow and become those leadership leaders, right? uh, people on campus as well. And we've got just about 90 seconds left in the first segment today, and I always like to conclude the segment by highlighting one or two, you know, amazing Siena memories. You know, I sit back with Andy in our apartment, you know, we're on road trips with our buddies from college, and the same one or two stories always pop up that we look back and laugh on. For me, um, you know, it's the 2017 MAC Championship at Siena. The media was on campus. We brought 30 buses to the arena. And even though we lost to Iona, it's still something we talk about seven years later. When you look back and you get together with your friends and your former housemates, what's one or two memories that you're like, that is why I went to Siena and that memory still stays with me? That's such a good question. I mean, the typical answer would be Siena Fest, right? It was a fun time for all of us. We all looked forward to it. But I would say it's honestly some of the more simple memories that really stood out to me. It was grilling outside my townhouse yes. with a George Foreman grill this <laughs> yeah. big and just having those really nice time and bonding memories with my friends. I mean, it's I, I built that core group and it's really nice to have seen how that's evolved over the years. So. Um, you know, I, I think that's really the fond memory I look back on at Siena. Well, we know that those memories evolve and those stories evolve through the years. Your professional career has also evolved only since 2016, and we're really excited to highlight that in the next segment. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back here on the Saints and Alumni Show. Your Siena College Connection, 88.3, The Saint. Welcome back to the Saints and Alumni Show right here on WVCR, 88.3, The Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy, class of 2017 from the Office of Alumni Engagement. And this week I'm joined by Julie Klein, class of 2016, an international sales and marketing manager at ADG and Epic Surf, located right here in the Capital Region. So we just wrapped up talking about your Siena experience, and I want to take a majority of this time now in the second segment to talk about ADG and Epic Surf. And, and I kept referencing in my intros, it's located here in the Capital Region. Benignly and honestly, I thought this was an international company and we'd have to do this on Zoom. We couldn't get you onto campus, but I find out that it's right basically in our backyard down Route 9. So first, Julie, you know, kind of what is ADG and Epic Surf? Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the scale of the company and the size of, of employees that you guys have? And um, is it family owned and, and kind of, I know Epic Surf is a, is a different branch from the ADG company itself. Yeah, um, so Aquatic Development Group, you're right, we're right based in Cohoes. We're a 100-person, family-owned business that's been um, located in Albany and founded for about 50 years now. Um, so we're one of the um, country's largest design and build firm for water parks and aquatic venues for resorts, municipalities, um, and all different types of aquatic venues. And also globally, we're known for our manufacturing of wave systems and surf systems, surf systems being Epic Surf, which is our newest product innovation. And you, we talked about the scale of the company being around 100 people, but you mentioned in your answer, you know, design and development. In the capital region itself, are you building everything here or is it kind of outsourced to different parts, you know, of different countries? Kind of, where does that design happen? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, in our company itself, we have about 50 people in office. 
So we have um, designers that do the actual concept work. We have engineers that actually engineer it. And then we have manufacturers in our 45,000 square foot manufacturing um, facility. So then we have our field staff. Mm. So there's people all over the country um, that are traveling and actually on the job site. And then we have our project managers that oversee the project and will oversee that on site. And before we kind of break down into all of these different projects and different offerings that the company does have, we also want to highlight your time at ADG and Epic Surf. You know, you started in, I think, July of 2016 as the marketing coordinator, and you've worked your way up over the last six or so years. Can you first share with the listeners kind of what drew your interest uh, to join this company and kind of what those early years were like? Yeah. I mean, just like you, it's really funny. Um, I didn't know it existed. I mean, <laughs> most people don't know it's in our backyard and that one of the world's best water park companies is right here in Cohoes. And um, so when I was looking for a job after college, I was sending my resume out. I was looking for a marketing role. I wanted to just get my foot in the door. Um, and there was a marketing coordinator position at this company called Aquatic Development Group. And I uh, was doing a little research and I'm like, wait, they've worked with Six Flags. Wait, they've worked <laughs> with SeaWorld. And I was like, holy crap, that's really exciting. So I showed up to my interview and um, very welcoming group. I started in July um, and you know, I really started out as focused on digital marketing and utilizing social media, email marketing, trade show coordination. And um, from there, you know, I've really had a lot of great exposure. I, I really did have some great mentors that I worked under that allowed me to go to trade shows and really get immersed in the industry. Um, and from there, um, actually in September 2022, um, I took over the marketing department, handling strategy and developing the marketing plan and overseeing Shannon, <laughs> who is our, um, she's actually a recent Sienna grad as well. And um, from there, you know, I last month, I actually got a promotion to oversee international sales as well for the company. And, and for those watching on YouTube and listening on the radio, Shannon is <laughs> off camera today. She's having a great time back here at Siena at Class of 2021. And, and hopefully we get her on the podcast as well in the future. And you broke down some of the different positions that you've had over the last couple of years. Anybody that knows you knows your work ethic. It's evident in the promotions that you received at ADG. And now you have this brand new role of international uh, sales and marketing manager of the company. Kind of what is your day-to-day -day responsibilities within that and maybe one or two things that you really love that you do every day within that role? I love that question because, you know, it's funny. You look at some of these big corporate companies and some people just do email marketing every day, right? And one of my favorite parts about working at ADG is that not only do you have so many different experiences, every day is a little bit different, um, and there's a new project that might just fall in your lap in the middle of the day, right? And so, you know, sometimes I'm on a call at 4 a.m. with the Middle East. Um, sometimes I'm designing a trade show graphic with Shannon. Sometimes I'm in the sales meeting, right? And so it's a little bit different every day. Um, and I really love that about my role. And I think that for anybody who is interested in working at our company, that's one of the best things we bring to the table. If you want more responsibility and you want to learn, you just stick your neck in there and you can learn more. So it's kind of like you've been on a podcast before. You keep hinting at all of these great <laughs> topics and great stories. Uh, you know, you referenced, sometimes you're on a phone call at 5 a.m. in the Middle East, but sometimes you're actually in the Middle East, yeah. uh, and sometimes you're in Colombia, sometimes you're in Texas. Uh, within your job and over the last six years or so, kind of what has been some really cool places you've been to on the professional side, but just some things you've enjoyed outside of the conference that you've been able to experience as well? Yeah, you mentioned, I mentioned the Middle East. Um, last March was my first time going to Dubai, and um, 
you know, I went for the conference itself. Um, and you know, it's funny, I, I know sometimes people think conferences are um, all fun, right? They're really a lot of work. Um, but my favorite part about it is the people you meet. And it was just such a welcoming and safe and immersive culture um, being in the Middle East. And I actually stayed for a week after for vacation to kind of just see more of Dubai, right? Because when you're at a conference, you're on the show floor. Um, and I would say that was one of my favorite trips I've done in a long time. It was just such an amazing experience and some of the best people I've met. And they're doing such cool work with, um, you know, the Middle East is investing trillions of dollars into entertainment and leisure. And so to be able to help bring our products to that market is something I'm really excited about. And you talked about, you know, the progression of the Middle East in the entertainment and, and attending these conferences. Kind of who are at these conferences? Is, is it similar companies that you're working with um, that are selling to the Middle East? Is it people coming to you to buy the product? Kind of what is the purpose of some of these conferences that you attend? Yeah, it's, it's a mix, right? So there's a lot of people. The buyers are people that are water park owners, they're water park general managers, there's um, amusement park vendors, um, there's roller coaster manufacturers, there's slide water slide manufacturers, and so lots of industry partners, but also a lot of purchasing, um, specifically these entertainment venues. Um, there's also like real estate developers, asset managers, so it's a big mix of people. And then, you know, there's actually a really large trade event called IAPA in Orlando every year. It's North America, one of the largest conferences in all of North America, and even students come to look for jobs. So yes, very big conferences. And we have just about five minutes left in today's show. Goes by so quickly, especially in person <laughs> on campus. And we've got about three questions left that we wanna to get to. And we just talked about you going to visit people and visit different countries to sell the product. But at times, people come right here to the Capital Region. And I think there's even been an Olympian team to mm -hmm. come and train at AD, uh, ADG Surf, is, is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we actually built our prototype Epic Surf. It's a deep water standing wave in our parking lot in upstate New York. Um, and so we built it and we had thousands of different riders come in and test out the wave as part of our R&D and understanding the surf culture more. Um, and so we actually had the ISA, which is the International Surf Association Senegal team from Senegal, come out to New York on their way to the qualifier for the Olympics in Huntington Beach, California. It was very cool. And we were talking uh, with coffee in Casey's just a few minutes ago and I'm thinking to myself, can we do an alumni event? And, and can we do a surf event at, at your company? And it really, is a lot more to it than I thought. Kind of what is a standing wave for people that don't know what it is and, and why would an Olympic team kind of come here for that? Yeah, it's a great question. So there's a sheet wave, which is the type of a flow rider, which you may see on the back of a Royal Caribbean. A standing wave is really a deep water wave. So that means it's made by a hydraulic jump. So water comes down a sluice and it makes a real depth of water, which allows surfers to use their surfboards and carve. So you can really practice that technique really quickly and in a small footprint. And we talked a lot of today about ADG, but you're also very busy outside of your social life, outside of your professional life, uh, with, a, with a side company per se in Summit Beer Day, which I believe is just a couple of years old. Can you talk a little bit about what this is and, and, the, and the mission behind it? Yeah, I started an um, Instagram and website blog called Summit Searcher. Um, and I started it back during COVID because there wasn't much to do. And I wanted to get outside and have some time to kind of immerse myself in the mountains and stay active. And so I started on doing all these hiking competitions and 
um, hiking challenges to really try and progress my hiking abilities and inspire new hikers. Um, and so because of that, every time I got to the summit, I would have a beer. And so I decided, wait, we should just have everybody join in on one day. So I created Summit Beer Day. And when you're looking at this current year, uh, is, is, has the Summit Bureau Day been selected yet? And if somebody wanted to participate in this day, is there a, a website, is there a social media account that they could go to, to to submit a photo or maybe just to get information about it? Yeah, so it's May 18th, 2024. Um, the after party will be held at Northway Brewery mm. in Queensbury, New York. Um, my favorite brewery. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it is a very good one, but you can just hashtag Summit Beer Day 2024. And we've got just about 90 seconds left in today's show, and I kind of want to highlight on some, some final advice. We have guests from all over the Siena community, 1960 grads, professors, coaches that come on the show, and they all have different advice to give to listeners. Sometimes the advice is to, to current students, sometimes the advice is to players or to future athletes, and sometimes it's to alumni and young professionals. Um, as you look back on graduating in 2016 and, and where your professional life has taken you, is there anything that maybe you wish somebody told you while you were at Siena or some type of advice that you would give to a, to a young professional that's, that's just starting out? Yeah, I, I love that question. I think that there's so much pressure on come incoming students as to you have to know what you're going to do when you grow up. And I think it's a really daunting pressure because you're obviously choosing your college major based on that. But I never in a million years thought that I would be doing what I'm doing. Um, I never thought I'd be traveling the world. I never thought that I would be selling water parks, right? And so I think go in with an open mind, be open to change and experience all the different classes that you can to try and really find what makes you happy and be aware that your path will change as it goes. Well, Julie, it's been so great to have you on today's show it goes by too quickly um, hopefully we get you back on campus again soon for an event or to mentor a student or to attend an accepted students day shannon's off camera i want to thank her again as well for uh, for visiting sienna and uh, we hope to have you guys back and, and have a great weekend thank you everyone for listening right here on the saints alumni show we'll see you next time